Hey, it's Matt Bovee from It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. This NFL offseason, we can fit 25 hours in a day, and that's because of podcasts that make you more productive. When you're folding laundry, paying bills, making omelets, or any other tasks that you've got to get done, listen while you work. Do your chores and be entertained all at the same time. It's all about the bills, the news, insight, analysis, and of course, some jokes too, on demand, so it fits into your busy schedule. Follow the It's Always Game Day in Buffalo podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. All right. Also coming down just before we started recording, Matt, Dane Jackson, he was an RFA, but the Bills shaved some money off his 2.8 or so RFA tender. They got him for a lower rate. He's coming back. And I think one of the big byproducts of Jordan Poyer resigning is now you don't have to move Christian Benford to safety or feel pressure to do it. At least now you can kind of see where his best fit is. There's this really kind of takes away a glaring need, which is safety. And now you have even more options at cornerback, Dane Jackson, Christian Benford, you hope Kyrie Elam, you know, Tredavious white, this just helps everybody. Yeah, I think so. I do like the idea of bringing Dane Jackson back. Well, it's not an idea anymore. It's happening. Mm -hmm. I like that they're bringing him back for the number that they're doing just because he's somebody who's familiar with the system. I feel like Dane Jackson got taken advantage of at multiple times last year, and he was one of the weak links on the defense, but he was also playing in a role that's bigger than he probably should have been playing. And because Tredavious White was hurt, I liked what we saw from Dane Jackson after the Trey injury two seasons ago. Last year, it felt like, He was always just trying to play catch up a little bit as to his peers out in the field. But I do think it's good depth. It's a familiar face. If he's your third or fourth guy, you probably feel pretty good about the group that you have. And you know he can play if he needs to. You probably don't want him playing every single week as a starter. They like to rotate guys. He's going to be active on game days. He's going to be their third or fourth guy. He's going to get a couple reps here and there. He's totally capable of doing that, especially for somebody whose cap hit is probably somewhere around $2 million. Yeah. So we'll see where they go in the secondary, as far as moving parts around and what they can kind of, you know, play with and where everybody fits. Like I said, maybe Christian Benford still does go to safety. Maybe that's something they do. And something that Brandon Bean talked about is even DeMar Hamlin, Matt DeMar mm-hmm. Hamlin wants to play and he's going to try and get checked out. And what did I think Bean alluded to maybe one more checkup with the doctors, but that's something that he's going to try and do. He wants to play football again. Do not rule out DeMar Hamlin playing safety for the Buffalo bills or something special teams, whatever in 2023. Let me ask you this. I don't know if you know the answer to this. So yesterday, I believe Brandon said they have around $9 million, correct? In cap space nine to nine and a half. And then they released Isaiah McKenzie. We haven't talked about that yet. So that would give them to 11, 11 and a half. Okay. Was so that actually 11 and a half to 12. Was that also including the Dane contract? Or do you think that that was, cause I'm thinking Isaiah and Dane are a wash. If that was not including it, the way he made it sound, that was not including it. Like the way he made it sound was right now we have this, but remember Dane, he was counting 2.8 on their cap and the way it made, he made it sound once they shave him down, they'll have extra cap room. Okay. So they shave him down, saves extra cap room. They release McKenzie. So now they're theoretically up to about 11 and a half million dollars, right? Close to maybe $12 maybe million. 12, yeah. 12, 12 and a half, maybe even overall. Yeah. 
and it's probably a safe bet. They need what three for their draft picks. That's a, that's a good number. Yeah. Go with three. They're going to pay out in cash 7 million, but because of the top 51 rule, which is basically only the top 51 cap hits count in the off season, some of those draft picks will fall under that. So yes, you're right. I'd say budget about $3 million for your rookie class. And then as Brandon Bean put it, you also have to budget about $3 million for practice squad call-ups, elevations and injury replacement costs throughout the season. So right now they have about $6 million of wiggle room that they can spend assuming they don't do anything else. Mm -hmm. You think that that's a couple players periodically here and there. You think it's maybe somebody who's, you know, going to be in that five, $6 million range. And then they just, kind of fill everything else with vet minimum guys. What do you think they do? I think if they really want somebody, they now they have a room to still go get that person, take on a very minimal cap hit this year, spread the money out at the same time. I think they'll probably they're going to go the route. They kind of have been going the last few years, of course, other than Von Miller last year, where they're going to fill it out with guys who aren't making huge salaries, but leave themselves open for a chance. If they do have someone become available and that includes people on rosters right now, someone gets released they have money to say, Hey, let's go get that guy right now. Yeah. That's probably the right way of looking at it. I was a little bit surprised. And I know what Brandon said at the press conference on Thursday, I've been a little bit surprised by the lack of volume with the deals, not necessarily the people that they've signed, but how few signings there have been. It feels like in years past, it has been busier. And I know we're not done yet. It is only Friday when we're recording this, there's a chance that they make a couple moves next week. But it just feels like they haven't done too much. Am I reading it wrong? Do you, do I have the wrong read on this? No, they haven't done much. In fact, <laughs> Isaiah McKenzie, he was released earlier today, March 17th. That's when we're recording it. Matt, he's the first person this entire offseason this team released. I can never remember a year. Maybe you can. I never remember a year that they never had one single player release all offseason through the first two days of free agency. It's incredible. Now, that said, they also haven't, like you said, the volume brought a lot of guys in Connor McGovern, Deontay Hardy, Kyle Allen. Um, and then obviously um, who they just pretty, signed um, pretty much it Jordan Poyer, but I'm not going to count in. That's right. Yeah. That's, that's what it. I mean. So you're going to have, you're going to have, um, yes, it's going to be less guys. So, and the, the crazy part about it is they have to add about close to 40 guys, 35 guys or so to this roster before training camp. Yeah. I think for the most part, there are a lot of things that could happen. They've probably got for their 53, what 45 guys who they know are going to be on the roster playing in those spots. I mean, who knows? Like there's a long way to go and we don't know what's going to happen, but you know, there's very few jobs that are available on this team because they've got a lot of people who are returning. We know that it's going to be some combination of Naheem Hines and James cook. And insert name here. I still think Singletary is a possibility. The longer we go into free agency. And- I, I, I agree with you, except for one thing. Go ahead. Brandon Bean said they, I, I'm steering away from Devin Singletary now, as much as I still think it's possible. He comes back. They're looking for a bigger running back. He basically said that he said, we know all our guys are 200. We're looking for maybe something a little bit, a little bit more than that. You know, somebody with a different, a different body, different style. However, he phrased it. I think that's a clear indication that it's not Devin Singletary, although that wouldn't rule him out even getting another job on top of that. Okay. So, which makes sense of why there was the smoke around Jamal Williams, because he would mm-hmm. kind of check that box and ultimately yep. that didn't end up happening. So I think they got to figure out another, another running back. However, they end up getting to that person. I think they need to sign 
a few more viable offensive linemen just to make sure that you've got options because injuries always happen there. Mm-hmm. I think you probably need to figure out what does the market look like for both Shaq Lawson and Jordan Phillips? Mm-hmm. Because if those contracts are reasonable, I think you might have an upper hand in any of those negotiations. So if it's like, okay, Jordan Phillips can go get $3 million from a different team. Maybe the bills are willing to give him two and a half or something like that. And I think probably besides that, you need to do at least one more thing at wide receiver. I still think that that's a very big need for this team. I like the addition that they made. I know Isaiah McKenzie, we'll talk about Isaiah McKenzie in the next segment. I know it feels like the writing was on the wall for McKenzie. So I still think they need another bona fide outside threat to be like their number two or three, because I think of, you know, him as a four. Um, yeah. And then that, after that, it's just kind of all just filling out those, those extra spots on the roster. All right, let's talk about Isaiah McKenzie. And then we're going to tie this into Deontay Hardy, formerly Deontay Harris. You know, uh, I've first like, of all, go I've ahead. been, I've almost been avoiding saying his name for the last minute because I still in my head registers as Harris. Like when I, I think I, of him as a player, I think of him as Harris, not as Hardy. I, I totally get it. Um, if you want to go look at highlights or learn about him, you might have to look up Deontay Harris, but mm-hmm. he is his of name is now Deontay Hardy. He changed his name. He is signed. Brandon Bean talks about, I think what a lot of people thought, which is, well, we might have too many duplicates. He even said that we have to think about if we have too many duplicates, guys like him, Naheem Hines, uh, Deontay Hardy. And then of course, Isaiah McKenzie, they release Isaiah McKenzie. Let's start with McKenzie, the postscript on his Buffalo bills career, which it looks like who knows, maybe they sign him back at a lesser rate sometime down the road. I mean, that's happened before Yeah, um, covering him off the field and then on the field, what he did or didn't do for the bills. One of my favorite players that I can remember covering for this team, just such a fun person. I know that it was not always continue it, just a ton of success on the field. There were flashes of that for certain. You think back to last summer, we were glowing about Isaiah McKenzie and his potential of replacing Cole Beasley in this offense. It just never really worked out really for the bills or for McKenzie whatever, but taking the football side away from it, it was just so refreshing dealing with him. And he was just such a genuine person. He always made the time of day for media and he was just a really fun guy. So I'll, I'll miss his presence in the locker room. I know fans loved him because of the karaoke stuff on Instagram and because of all the fun that he used to have in the community, but Isaiah McKenzie, just a cool, fun dude. And I'll miss that kind of person inside the locker room. No doubt about it. And he was always a guy willing to talk to us, things like that. My wife asked me, are you sad for Isaiah? And I said, for him, like, yeah, of course, right? He loves it here. He even said there's, he could write a book on how much he loved it here, but he just said, thank you. But Isaiah is the kind of guy that no matter what he does in life, Matt, he'll be good at it, right? I mean, yes. he has, he's an entrepreneur. He owns his own restaurant. He's a dancer, singer. This guy can kind of do it. He's, you know, does the podcast with Ty Dunn, you know, media, whatever. If, if, if whatever Isaiah wants to do, he'll be fine at it. So I think, Hey, you know, he's going to be okay. But on the field, I just think it never worked out last year. The way the team wanted to, we kept hearing in training camp. He's the guy, he's the guy, slot guy, slot guy. There was a lot of buzz about him. It never really materialized. So they went out and they got a guy who is a lot like Isaiah McKenzie, but I think offers even more juice in the wide receiver game because he could play outside. He could play inside. He could stretch the field vertically. That's Deontay Hardy. Now listening to Brandon Bean yesterday, he's number number one. He's going to play wide receiver. 
Mm-hmm. Number two, he's a return man. It's not the other way around. It's not, Hey, we got a return man who can play wide receiver. It's we got a wide receiver here. And if Matthew Smiley wants to put him in that return, then so be it. He can do that. He also has Naeem Hines. That's why I would say when you think about the bills receiving core this year, anybody out there, you have to include him as a, a legitimate guy. That's going to be on the field quite a bit. I'm looking at the outlook of this bills offense as him as the number four. I mean, I don't know if that's all that's what being called him. Okay. Like being called him the number four. I'm going into this as like, you know, you're going to be versatile. We're going to use you for the short stuff, but you also can play in the boundary and try and stretch the field because you're super fast. If something happens to Nahum Hines, then you can fill in and you can be the special teams guy, the main special teams guy. Maybe they break it up. Maybe they have one of them do kickoffs and they have one of them doing punt returns. Who really knows how it's going to play out? But no, I, I think of him more as a wide receiver than I think of him as a special teams addition, even though his accolades as a player up to this point in his career are his special teams. And I think why it didn't work out for McKenzie was if you're going to have the skill set that he has, you have to be able to be versatile. And I never felt like they completely trusted him as a special teams role player. I just feel like even when they tried to, that's when the mistakes would happen. There was the really, I think it was a really tough night. He had one really tough special teams game and McDermott was pretty critical of him after that game. And I can't remember what it was um, last year or the year before the year before. Well, that maybe he got back. Yeah. That, you talk about Isaiah McKenzie, right? Yes. It was the Colts when he just dropped the ball on the kickoff and it got it, like, it was literally, he slipped and dropped the ball. Right. He was, he was inactive the next week for Marquez Stevenson. You're right because the Colts game, you're right because the Colts game was right before Thanksgiving. Right. And I remember Marquez Stevenson made his debut on yes. Thanksgiving in correct. New Orleans. So, so you're correct there. Um, so, yeah, it was just, you know, it just never felt like that became as big of a part of his workload as they wanted it to. And given the limitations as just strictly an offensive player, they thought that they needed to go in a different direction. So, okay. So, your thought about Hardy, though, I mean, what and how he can fit in here because this is the guy's not not big. He's smaller than Isaiah. He's like five. He's like five, eight, right? I think he's might be five, six. I got to go look at it to be honest with you. But, but the point is like, this is not a guy who people, when they signed him thought the, the reaction for a lot of bills fans was here we go. Special teams again. I'm telling you from what Brandon Bean said yesterday, this is a guy that's playing wide receiver and then they can put him on special teams if they want. I feel like it would be ignorant of me to make a complete assessment of somebody who I have not seen be utilized in an offense as much as, you know, I probably should have like this past week, I've been a little distracted. So when I think of him, I think of him as a special teams player, but I also know what Brandon said about him as a weapon for the offense and not just for special teams. So I just don't know enough about him yet. I'm looking forward to watching him because it feels like he is somebody who can take the top off of people. And I also know that the reaction from all of the smart people who I follow on Twitter, on social media about football, all seem to like the addition. Yes. They were like, yeah, this guy has a ton of upside. He could be a really interesting weapon and he's had injury stuff. So like he hasn't had as huge of a role the last couple of years because of injuries and offenses. And it's not like new Orleans has, you know, an amazing track record of quarterbacks these last couple of years. So I think putting him into an offense where you've got a guy like Josh Allen, maybe there's some untapped potential that they can uh, kind of, you know, lean into turf toe injury cost them all of 2022. And you're right. Uh, PFF people really, really like him. Nick Underhill who covers the saints down in New Orleans. We had him on WGR really likes him. 
everybody's every, all these people are saying the same thing, which is great fit for the bills offense. If he stays healthy, which he did have the one injury, not like he'd been injured a lot in his career. He had the one no. injury, Turto, but he's also not a giant, right? To steal a term that Dick Duran once used about Roscoe Parrish. He's not a giant out there. So you got to be careful sometimes how often you use him because of the punishment on his body. So we'll see what that means. Um, did we talk last time? I think they'd already signed Connor McGovern, right? Did we already they had not yeah. already officially signed him, but, but we talked about it, but we talked about it because the reports had already been out there that, you know, he was going to be an addition. All right. Well, let's then shift and talk about the backup quarterback. The bills have new guy, same name. 